Welcome to Tardisian Files, a show dedicated to reviewing and discussing aspects of one of the most loved and longest-running British sci-fi shows. This podcast is a non-profit, fan-led series where we pull together sources from all across Doctor Who's extended media, including the show itself, comics, audio stories and novels. In this mini-series, we will be continuing our discussion on What if the Doctor hadn't met Donna Noble for a second time? We pick up where we left off, with the Doctor having just defeated Miss Foster and the Adipose on Earth in 2009 without the help of Donna Noble, as she was not investigating Adipose Industries in this timeline. The first question we have to address is, will the Doctor even end up in Pompeii without a companion to motivate him to go to ancient Rome? Most likely. As we have heard from the TARDIS's own mouth in The Doctor's Wife, she always takes him to where he needs to go. And if the presence of Pyrovars in Pompeii isn't enough to cause the TARDIS to divert itself to 79 AD, then the prospect of a fixed point in time being rewritten would most likely have been enough motivation. And so the Doctor lands in Pompeii in 79 AD, and from the earthquakes and the smoking mountain looming above the town, he quickly establishes that he is not in Rome, but in fact Pompeii on Volcano Day, no less. Just like in the original timeline, the Doctor's TARDIS gets sold by the stool merchant whose stool the Doctor had landed the TARDIS in. The merchant tells the Doctor that he sold it to Lobos Caecilius, who the Doctor tracks down to his home. As the Doctor moves through the town, he is spied upon by a hooded figure, a woman with eyes drawn on the back of her hands. Eventually locating the home of Caecilius, the Doctor, under the guise of Spartacus, meets Lobos Caecilius, his wife Metella, and his two children, Evelina and Quintus. Feeling a flash of guilt, the Doctor subtly makes for the TARDIS in an attempt to leave. However, like in the original timeline, his escape is interrupted by the arrival of the chief augur of Pompeii, Lucius Petrus Dextrus. Caecilius then proceeds to unveil a commissioned tablet of marble, one that Lucius had ordered from him. The Doctor quickly recognises this marble to bear striking resemblance to a circuit board. Even without Donna Noble's urging, the Doctor is quickly compelled to stay by the presence of what is clearly alien technology. He begins to inquire about the design and its function, insisting that it is very unlikely to be purely decorative. Like in the original timeline, Evelina steps forward and begins to prophesize over the Doctor, revealing his chosen name to be Doctor rather than Spartacus, and claiming that his true name is Lost in a Cascade of Medusa herself. Like in the original timeline, Evelina and Lucius begin to prophesy about the Doctor's true identity, and like in the original timeline, Evelina collapses. 
the Doctor begins to suspect that Evelina's prophetic abilities are somehow linked to her habit of breathing in vapours from the hypercoursed vents. And, after convincing Caecilius that he might be able to help his daughter, he goes to investigate them. Without Donna Noble's help, the Doctor wouldn't have found out that Evelina was slowly turning to stone, although he would have quickly determined that the vapours from the hypercoursed vents comprised of stone dust, and that the local soothsayer's prophetic abilities may have been linked to the installation of the vents 17 years ago. When he asks about who ordered the installation of the vents in all of the homes of Pompeii, Caecilius replies that it was on the orders of the city augur, Lucius. The Doctor also learns that none of the soothsayers appear to have foreseen the eruption of Vesuvius tomorrow. He begins to suspect that history is going off track. Now entirely sidetracked, the Tenth Doctor goes to Quintus, Caecilius's rebellious son, convincing him to show him Lucius's house. The two break in and find that Lucius has more than one of the stone circuits in his house, which the Doctor assembles into a complete circuit board. Like the original timeline, Lucius catches them in his home, and the Doctor offers to help him with whatever he's building. Lucius takes offence to this blasphemy of his gods, threatening to have the guards kill the pair of them. As a distraction, the Doctor quite literally disarms Lucius, revealing that his entire left arm was made of stone. The Doctor then shakes the shelves that the tablets are standing upon with the sonic screwdriver and calls for Quintus to run. Lucius calls down the vents for the gods to pursue the pair of them. Out on the street, the Doctor and Quintus feel a tremoring beneath them. Recognising that they were being chased by something below ground, the Doctor tells Quintus to run again. Back at the Caecilius house, the rest of the family and some guests have been alerted by the tremors. When the Doctor and Quintus arrive, the tremors seem to converge onto the house. Everyone freezes in fear as the hypercoursed vent at the centre of the room bursts open. A creature made of rock and lava climbs out, gurgling, breathing fire from where its mouth would be. The Doctor attempts to reason with the creature, but eventually tells Quintus to throw a water bucket over the creature, causing it to harden and crumble into ash. It's at this point we begin to see larger deviations in the timeline, because without Donna Noble present, the Sibylline soothsayers will have no reason to have made themselves known to the Doctor. Ergo, he never ends up going to the Sibylline Temple. However, with the Doctor seemingly having brought woe onto their household, Caecilius asks the Doctor to leave immediately. He obliges begrudgingly, knowing that he cannot leave Pompeii until he's investigated the pyroviles. However, with the Sibylline soothsayers largely ignoring the Doctor, how is he going to find his way into the heart of Vesuvius, where the pyroviles have established their base? With help from Quintus. It has already been established in the fires of Pompeii that Quintus was a typical teenager, constantly doing the opposite of what his father told him, and often fraternising with heretical minority groups at the local bars. The Doctor is the exact kind of person Quintus often surrounds himself with. He follows the Doctor down the streets of Pompeii, and asks him if the pyrovile he killed was really an agent of the gods, or an alien evil masquerading as a deity. 
Given Quintus's resourcefulness, the Doctor asks if there is another hyper-caused vent he can access. And where does Quintus lead him, other than the tavern? After making their way through the denizens of the tavern and charming the owner, the Doctor and Quintus inspect the vent. The Doctor attempts to convince Quintus to go back home, but he refuses, and the two climb down into the vent and begin making their way through the passage. Meanwhile, events begin to play out as before in the original timeline. Lucius begins to ascend to Mount Vesuvius to meet his Pyroval masters and provide them with the marble circuits they need to complete their plans for global conquest. He descends down into the volcano with the molten beasts, ready for the rise of the Pompeian Empire. The Doctor and Quintus have found their way into Vesuvius, where they marvel at the Pyrophile's hideout. The Doctor even notes that they've developed at least one stone escape pod. They are met by Lucius, who explains that the Pyrophiles were stranded on Earth when Pyrovilia was lost, and now, through use of the vapours and using the volcano as a geothermal generator, they intend to boil away Earth's oceans and terraform the planet into their new home. Lucius then orders the Pyrovals to incinerate the two men, causing them to take shelter in the escape pod. Quintus begins frantically asking questions as the Doctor begins to reverse the polarity of the machine. The Doctor haphazardly explains that the Pyrovals have converted this fire mountain into a generator which they intend to use for conquest and to convert humans into more Pyrovals. Quintus realises this is what has been happening to Eve Evelina all along, having seen her forearm turn to stone. Horrified, he asks the Doctor if he can stop them. In this moment, the Doctor realises he has to destroy Pompeii, including Quintus's family. Slowly, he explains that to save the world, 20,000 people have to die. Quintus considers what this would mean for him and his family, and then, convinced by the idea of a literal inferno on Earth, he gives the Doctor his blessing. The Doctor presses the lever. The ground begins to shake, and Pompeii is bombarded by earthquakes. At home, Evelina cries out that the future is changing. Death is coming for them all. The volcano begins to erupt, the smoke and ash rising into the sky and blocking out the sun. The townsfolk are in a panic, splitting off into various groups. One's heading for the hills, one's heading for the beach, and those who are too afraid to leave the city. In the heart of Vesuvius, the Pyrovals and Lucius are doomed, blown apart by the erupting volcano. The Doctor and Quintus's escape pod has been ejected, thankfully at the bottom of the mountain. They race back towards the town, back to the TARDIS and Caecilius's family. They arrive at the home and see that Evelina, Metella and Lobos are all cowering in fear in the corner of the main parlour. Both they and Quintus call on the Doctor for help. The Doctor now has a choice to make. Save Quintus's family as reward for his help, or let them die, knowing that he did nothing to try and save them. What will he do? Donna's not here to urge him to help. He's already racked with guilt knowing that he has caused the eruption that was about to claim their lives. And Quintus's refusal to abandon the Doctor had just saved the world. Would the Doctor then abandon him at his time of need? No. Something inside the Doctor sparks. 
something similar to what we see in the original timeline in the waters of Mars. A trace of the Time Lord Victorious. The Doctor has just created history. This event is still his to command. The town may have to perish, but why should the selfless young man who made it possible perish with it? Like the original timeline, he rescues the Caecilius family. He takes them to Rome and urges them not to make any big waves. The Doctor is proud, but the guilt still haunts him. He has the blood of 20,000 people on his hands, and has just bent one of his most important rules. Never interfere with fixed points in time. This guilt and recklessness will haunt him, it will play tricks on his mind, and we will see just how far this new Tenth Doctor is willing to stray from his own laws when the TARDIS lands on the Oud Sphere in 4246 AD. So there you have it. This is one possible scenario for how the events of the fires of Pompeii would have played out if the Doctor hadn't met Donna Noble for a second time. Join us next time where we will be exploring how the events of Planet of the Ood would have unfolded differently without Donna Noble's presence in the TARDIS. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a like and tell your friends. You can check out some of our other material on Spotify, other streaming platforms, or you can check out our Anchor page. And as always, join us next time for more episodes of Tardisian Files. See you then, everyone.